this week on the Roommates Podcast. But I feel like the Roommates audience is also intrigued, Fees. Please give us the non-nice take. So this is another Hafiz exclusive spicy, spice, spice, spice. If you are not mature enough, let me tell you something for everyone watching this on Instagram. Wait, 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 wait real, real quick, real quick. Please give Hafiz the full screen right now. For everybody watching this video on Instagram, I am not responding to the Instagram comments. I'm on YouTube. Come see me on YouTube if you want to talk to me. Chris is on Instagram. This is my spicy, spice, spice, spice take. If you are not mature, watch another video. If you cannot handle complex ideas, watch another video. If you're not used to me ranting, watch another video because I'm going to trigger you. I'm going to make you upset. You're going to get frustrated. Like I said, if you are going to comment on Instagram, I will not see your comment. I will not read your comment. I will not respond to your comment because your comment does not exist because I only exist on the YouTube sphere. So, let's go ahead and jump right into my spicy take. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's Hafiz. Chris, the star of the show, baby. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back. Another week we are here, and Chris is over there. I'm right here, god dang it. Where am I on the right side? You're always on the left side. Left side. Left Wait, no, no, side. No, 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 no. You are on the right side. Yes, you're right on the right side. Right side, god dang it. Yes, shout out to the right side. <laughs> Strong side. Strong side, god dang it. We right here. Yes, indeed, man. So what what is up, Mr. Jordan? What's going on with you? You know me, man. Just trying to take it one day at a time. You know, trying to live good, be better every single day. You know what I mean? Walk with the purpose, live with passion, and learn with conviction, brother. You know how I it is. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Man. What about dude, you? What about you? Bro, I got a crazy story to tell you. Please. I'm, I'm all ears. So, uh, <laughs> our favorite guy, you know who he is. Oh, I tell know me exactly how who you're talking about. He, we, were, we went out, and this man almost got in a fight. I mean, wow. I have many reasons why it led up to there. I'm curious to what led up there, though. So we were out at, at this barbecue, and somebody walked up to him and was like, yo, are you so-and-so, so-and-so? Okay. He, and he was like, yeah. He said, "Remember you remember me? And that's when I knew. <laughs> oh, man. It was about to take a turn for the worse. And he, oh, was, and he was like, nah, I don't. He said, last time I heard from you, you said you can beat my ass. <laughs> and then and then and then I was like <laughs> wait wait and then I was like oh crap oh crap man and then like I saw I saw him try to like shake the dude's hand and calm dude down dude kind of like said nah bump that man and he was like last time I heard from you you said I'm a bitch and then you see me and you catch me on psych and beat my ass <laughs> And I was just like kind of like peering in, you know, like, oh God, please tell me no. About to be on the news, black people fighting after all this unity stuff. And then and then um he had a cup in his hand. Our friend had a cup in his hand. And then he was like, Hey man, it ain't about this right now. You know, I'm just here. You know, that was a long time ago. He said, you know, just go, just go, go on, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm not having this. He's like, man, bump that. You don't talk to me like that. 
and he smacked his cup in like smacked his cup. <laughs> he, he did not smack his. He cup, smacked bro. the man's cup. He smacked and, it out of his hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got so pissed and frustrated, and oh my gosh, man, I had to calm bro, him down. Tell- was it just y'all two there? Please tell me it was just y'all two there. No, man. It was an African party and all his friends were there, but it was all, all our friends' friends were there. Oh, and I, man. And I was like, man, oh, my gosh, bro. I said, dude, calm down. So I went over to the dude because he was there with his friends, and his friend was like, boy, you better not come over here. You better not come over here. I went over there. I was like, yo, let's calm down. It's, you know, everyone's chilling. Like, you know, we shouldn't be fighting. We're going to be on the news, all this stuff. I try to defuse the situation. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you're right, man. You know, he he called me a B word. That, you know, he that made me mad. I was like, yeah. I said, you know how men are. Men aren't going to apologize this, that, and the third. And so I was like, yo, everything is good. And uh, and so it was cool. It was cool for the rest of the day. And then I it, it turns out. This happened 12 years ago. <laughs> yes. 12 years ago. The guy still my, remembered it for 12 my, years. My man was not playing. He was waiting till for this 12 day. 12 freaking years. It was it was made no sense. So, but let's go ahead into more fun stuff. Guys, I want to let you guys know, thank you so much for supporting Chris and I's original content. Chris's original videos come out on Wednesdays. Mine come out on Thursday. And thank you guys for all your love and support. Um, somebody asked us when we were on live on Instagram, what is the best way to support the roommates? Obviously, giving money via Patreon is one great way. But one way that every last one of you guys can support is by watching Chris and I's videos that come out on Wednesdays and Thursdays and sharing those videos. That means the world. That helps get the brand out there. They're short videos. So please, guys, share it in your stories. Share it to your friends. Just help get the message out there. That's the best way you can support. So those videos are on our YouTube page if you're listening to to the podcast it is on our youtube page the roommates youtube page and please guys share our wednesdays and thursday content oh i'm sorry man i saw i looked over to the side and i saw a cup and i started laughing <laughs> <laughs> but yes yes please please support us definitely watch the video subscribe comment all those things share it it means the world to us we're trying to get our name out there our brand out there and our voices out there for you the people. Yes, indeed. So, Mr. Jordan, anything else you'd like to add before we get right to it? Nah, man. Whew. Well, I have to call him, though. I have to call him, and I have to, I have to get his side of the story. Yeah. Um, Supposedly, that is wild. Uh, I don't want to get too. I don't want to get too much in detail. Yeah, so let's, not get, let's not get too deep. Let's not get too deep. All right, where do you want to start? Freaky. Freaky. Um, I can learn like you're going to teach me. Uh, I mean, I feel like we should get dang every, but every topic is dang this serious though. Let's see. I would say let's get all the um, all the stuff that's probably quick out the way first. But I don't know what could be quick because they all kind of stem together, except the um, the Father's Day one. I have to hear that story because I don't know where you want to go with that. Okay. Um. Let's let's go. You want to? You want to do? You said you want to do the J Cole one at the end. No, we can do it right now. Is that? Is that uh, what you want to do? Yeah, let's do that. Let's go ahead. Let's, let's start off with that J Cole no name conversation. 
Um, you can go ahead and intro, and then I'll uh, piggyback on what you say. Got you. So, listeners, watchers, YouTubers, Spotifyers, Appleers, wherever you want to call yourself, if you have not heard Snow in the Bluff by J. Cole, that's the thing we're about to talk about today. Also, I made a short mini YouTube video about it as well, giving my reactions of that song. And so, basically what the song is, J. Cole released it. You know, basically, it's like a self-reflection of what's been going on, police brutality, systemic racism, things like that. And he basically calls some people out, even though some people think it's just one specific person. He did later on tweet it that it was, you know, about that one specific person. But a lot of people also assume that it's about the community as a whole, that we all need to, if you know more about me or you're more woke than me or you're more educated than me, then you should, you know, help me out during, you know, the protests, the riots, because a lot of people with brands and platforms, some people think they're not doing enough. Some people think they're just being quiet in the shadows and they're not working as much as they should or not meeting the expectations to some people think about, you know, the support and the movement of black people in the country. So the dispute is, is where no name and she's a rapper. I don't know where she's from. I think I think she's in New York. She's up somewhere in the east side. Um, and she basically calls out and tweets out a lot of people with platforms that are not speaking about, you know, certain things that's been going on in the community. And, you know, her tone ain't the best. And J. Cole basically called out about her tone, you know, when he felt, you know, like, I want to say one-sided, but he felt targeted in her tweets. And he calls her out on it. And it's a big dispute on Twitter following the following days after he released the song, you know, calling him misogynistic, um, you know, calling him that like he doesn't support, uh, you know, what this woman is saying. And they basically were trying to cancel J. Cole because of his song that he released about her. And obviously she came back and uh, with the song as well. Have you heard it, Fees? Yeah, I've heard it. Okay, so yeah, he she came back with the song as well. And um, so basically, it was a little mini feud that kind of lasted all the week. I want to say that it kind of died down on Twitter. Um, but basically, that's what it was. You know, J. Cole kind of calling out her, uh, which is no name, and her tone, and say like, hey, if you know more than me, then educate not only me, but educate everybody. And she's more of like, well, you should educate yourself. You should want to do more. You have this platform. You make songs about it, but you're really quiet. So basically, it caused a huge dispute. And, you know, it's a lot of division, not only in the country, but sometimes among our people as well. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, uh, we talked a little bit about it on Patreon. I kind of got my rent off there. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, so I think one of the biggest challenges is that in the black community, as I talked about it on Patreon, there is a lot of, there's a lot of cannibalism. There was a really good take that um, Charlemagne and Andrew Schultz had on the Billion Idiots where it's like, there's just so much anger in the community about injustice that a lot of times that anger is then poured out onto one, one, of, one another because, you know, we can't kind of put it on other people. So, uh, so yeah, man, I feel like, there's just a lot of frustration 
by both parties. And I understand what J. Cole is saying in regards to this whole movement. A lot of people aren't educated. A lot of people don't know exactly what to do. A lot of people don't have, you know, every single rule and regulation figured out. A lot of people have not read all the books and, you know, listened to every lecture and been to every single, you know, Black History Month um, celebration and stuff like that. So there's just a lot of things going on where just end of the day, this the movement, in my opinion, it's just it's it's leaderless, a leaderless movement. A lot of people don't have any direction. A lot of people don't know what to do, and so there's a lot of frustration amongst everybody because it's like nobody knows exactly where to go and how to move. And so I just I see that's why you know J Cole's a bit frustrated because it's like yo, who's gonna help encourage and teach instead of just throw stones at people? And then other people are like, well, we want you to do, and everybody has expectations for how everybody else should treat them, and it's just a whole whole big mess. Yeah, exactly. I, I, that's one thing I, I realized um, for sure. And I want to say I pointed out in my video as well that we don't have a clear-cut leader in this movement. You know, a lot of people would say um, that it was Colin Kaepernick, but a lot of Colin Kaepernick, like we kind of discussed on Patreon, you know, he doesn't have, he doesn't speak out enough. And his following is, you know, not as big as a LeBron James following. You know, or not as big, it probably not even as big as a J. Cole following. So, uh, when we don't have a clear-cut leader, like you said, we uh, we don't know, you know, who to follow because everybody has different opinions. You know, there is there's players right now in the NBA, and some of them are big, some are small, but they all got voices, and half of them think we should play in the NBA, half of them don't think we should play because of what's going on. So it's it's always something where it's like, man, we can't never really agree upon something so we can actually create movement. But instead, you know, we feel like we have one foot on the gas and the other person has a foot on the brake. You know, it's just, it's, it's the car is barely moving, but it's also, you know, our very own are kind of holding us back and we can't never agree upon anything. And that's one thing I'm noticing that's really frustrating. And I feel like J. Cole feels that way as well. It's like, I, I can say and do all these things, but I know one person or a specific group of people are 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 going to say something completely different and then it's gonna be a whole nother wave of people that agrees with that person and now you know we we have this divide not saying that it should stop and you know not encourage j cole to do something he should still you know want to do something in his power if he wants if he feels that way but i can understand his frustration because it's hard to you can't please everybody and then everybody you can't please everybody and then everybody has a voice and then everybody has the expectation of you. So it's like, what can I do? That's a great point. I feel as though one of the biggest challenges in today's world is everybody has expectations on, everyone has expectations to, to how they want other people to behave. Exactly. And one of the things I, was, I used to talk about all the time is this idea of we project ourselves onto others. So we project our feelings, our desires, our values, our wants, our longings onto other people. And then when other people don't meet our standards that we have for them, we get angry at them, right? So I can only imagine, because you know, the interesting thing about No Name is No Name is actually a rapper. Um, and so No Name being a rapper, she probably has expectations for how she wants other rappers who talk about things in the community to act based upon, in my opinion, more than likely how she moves. And now because she has a standard of movement that she feels like she's moving accordingly and is beneficial for everybody else, 
She wants people to move in that same way. And that's the fundamental problem of having a leaderless movement. Because everyone's, like Chris said, everyone's moving to the beat of their own drum. Everybody's doing what they feel is best. And then what happens is everyone's divided. Everybody's on different pages. And so I, 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 I get what No Name was saying in regards to people not doing things, but she has to realize everyone does things differently, and you don't know what people are doing. You're saying, all oh, these rappers aren't doing nothing, but they're putting out music. You don't know what they're doing. You don't know, you know? Um, and like J. Cole said, J. Cole's always trying, in my opinion, he's trying his best. You know, maybe it may not be up to her standards, but he's always trying his best. And so, I don't know, I feel as though a lot of people don't really give these artists and these rappers the benefit of the doubt for what they're doing. And then we have expectations to make people, you know, these civil rights activists when that may not be their calling. Like, we do not know what God has called Jake Cole to be or any other artist or any other person, so I'm not here to judge. The same way with the podcast. I know God has called Chris and I to use this podcast to help young men and to help men. That's what we know this is for. So I ain't going to judge somebody who uses their podcast to help women or maybe use their podcast, you know what I mean, to help animals or use their podcast for whatever reason. I'm not going to judge you because that may be what God has put on your heart. I, I'm not the one to be the, 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 the verdict on, to have a verdict on that. So I'm going to have respect for you as a human being and be like, yo, you're free to do whatever you want. Whatever God put on your heart, you do it. And I feel as though we don't have that in today's world. Too many people want other people to do what they want from them. And that, to me, is wrong. And if we try to bogart people and shame people and dismiss people and discredit people for not doing what we want them to do. And I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not for that at all. I feel you, man. That's why, I mean, we, I can't see us having a definitive leader. I just really can't. You know, and that's, that's the sad part, you know, especially in, in the celebrity or, or the people that have big brands, you know, all these things, because it's, it's tough. People, somebody's going to agree, disagree with you and call you out. You know, and, and I was even watching um, Dave Chappelle's special, um, and it was back in 2019, and, he was, and I think it was the Sticks and Stones special, and he was basically saying, you know, he doesn't like, it's the hardest time being a celeb, and he doesn't like the audience, because the audience nowadays, you good over there? Everything good? Yeah. Oh, Okay. So, yeah, I was even watching Dave Chappelle's special, and I want to say it's the Sticks and Songs special, and he was describing, like, he was doing an impression of the audience or the or Twitter or, you know, the people that, you know, look up to these celebs and basically saying, like, anything I do wrong in the past, present, or future, you're going to call me out on it and cancel it. And to me, that's the same reason why we won't have leaders, uh, a leader moving forward because... Like I said, we use LeBron James as an example where people are not going to follow LeBron James just because he's three and six in the finals. You know, something small like that. You know, um, it's, it's, it's always something that people are going to bring up. And it's like, well, well, I follow this person when this person does X, Y, and Z. Because everybody nowadays knows everything. So if everybody knows everything, you know, it's going to be tough for people to always get behind you. And that's why I think we would never have a leader. We would like, I mean, Colin Kaepernick would go down in, you know, history as, you know, an activist, you know, the most recent activist leader that we have, you know, especially, you know, in the, in the history books. But I don't know if he has that following 
as, you know, a MLK or, or a Malcolm X and things like that because we just live in a different time right now. And it's the leaderless movement because everybody sees everything, everybody knows everything, and everybody expects everything. So when you mess up or when they don't agree with you or when you don't do enough, you will you will lose a lot of following. People are going to call you out on it. And that's the sad part. And like you said, that's going to continue to create division. It's going to continue to stop and slow down the movement because we can't never get behind nobody. How are we going to move forward we can't get behind nobody? That's a great question. That's a great question. So, yeah, so that's that's my thing. You know, I feel as though that's the unfortunate reality we live in in today's world. That's how we got to move. Yeah. So, what, like, what if 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 there was a listener right now, like, how, like, what can that person do? You know, if they wanted to do more to support the police brutality, if they want to do more to, to uh, support systemic racism, and they're looking for some kind of direction fees, like, what would you? What was some of the advice you would give to them? Man, that's a great question. It's a multifaceted answer, and as simply as possible, um, I would say it just depends on what avenue you want to go into. You know, one, the easiest avenue is donate to organizations that are currently doing these things. Personally, I don't have any off the top of my head that I could vouch for that I vetted, but you can literally Google search organizations combating police brutality. And you can do your research, find out the leaders, you can call them up, you can send them emails, and then you can use the money that you have to donate to the organizations, right? A lot of people don't understand that funding is a big thing for these organizations, and you may not be able to be a person on the front lines, but you might be able to be somebody who's donating to help fund the, the lives of those fighting on the front lines. You know, I thought about it like when it comes to war. When World War II happened, all Americans were on deck. The only people fighting weren't the people in, you know, Europe. The the women who were back home, you know, building the weapons and, you know, building all the supplies and, you know, shipping food and, and people rationing food back home. They were all part of the battle. And so there's a, a myriad of things you can do, especially donating financially. But here's how I imagine, here's how I view it. When we're talking about combating systemic racism, right, to me, the question is, okay, what is the problem? And I look at it like this. A bomb was dropped on your community, and now your community is in shambles, right? Like That's literally what it was. Uh, the, the three bombs that were dropped on the black community, in my opinion, was 200 years of slavery, 100 years of Jim Crow, and then 50, if not ongoing, years of mass incarceration. So slavery, Jim Crow, mass incarceration, three bombs dropped in the black community. So the question is, three bombs dropped in the community, and the community is now in shambles. Now what do you do, right? So there's, 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 two, type, there's two general responses right now. The first one is on people on the left, which is, People on the left really believe that because the government caused all these problems, the government must now solve the problem, right? You bomb these people, now you must help these people, right? In regards to reparations, in regards to building the communities, in regards to resources, support, you know, whatever it is, that's your responsibility now. People on the right now have another view where it's like, yeah, this is messed up, but... It's unfortunate. It was a long time ago. And some of you guys can make it. So now you guys got to fix your community. 
So the people on the right have this personal responsibility that, yo, it sucks, but hey, you guys got to fix your own stuff. And the people on the left is like, no, the government must fix it, right? And so the answer is, what's the answer to the question? It's really both of them. And one of the biggest things that I've noticed is that when we're talking about tangible solutions, there there's a lot of trauma that's deeply embedded in the communities that we don't talk about, that, that, we, don't, that we don't address. And I feel as though just by putting money into the communities, just, you know, providing all the resources that I can think about, it's not going to solve the problem at hand if we do not address the trauma and the generational pains that we're passing from generation to generation. And that's something that I really noticed is, like, really affecting us the most. It's just that it's just that deep-seated generational trauma that's occurred from, you know, like I said, those 200 years of slavery, 100 years of Jim Crow, as well as 50 years of mass incarceration. Yeah, that's big, man. I mean, you can just see it, you know, in some of your friends and even some of your relationships, how, you know, childhood trauma and, and you know, those things are passed on to the next person and the next person, generation after generation. So, yeah, I mean, definitely if you want to create change, even with yourself personally, you definitely have to look within first, you know, dig in and see what some of the things are affecting you and how they are affecting you and how you can create change and get better with that. Yeah, you and know, real quick, I want, I want to clarify, it's not, it's not just the idea of what's affecting you. And so, like I said, guys, I really apologize. My brain is not working today, so I'm trying my best to pull whatever little bits of nuggets I can from my very clouded mind. Um, but there, there was a study where you take chickens who are raised in captivity. So these chickens have never been in the wild. And then you let these, these newborn chicks outside, just play outside, like in the whatever their chickens live in, the rooster or whatever it's called, and they're playing outside. And then you take a shadow um, of a hawk and you flash the shadow of the hawk where the children, the little chickens can see it in the sky. And immediately, immediately seeing the shadow of the hawk, the chicks um, scatter. Mm. They scatter. They run away. They hide. They've never seen a hawk in their life. It's not like they're getting a class where the mom's like, be careful of hawks. But there's something deeply embedded in their DNA in which when they see a shadow of a hawk, they view predator they run and try to protect themselves. So there's this thing where there's generational trauma that you can pass on trauma, pain, hurt, brokenness, anguish from people to people. And one of the things that I've noticed is that, man, like, there's a lot of generational trauma that's been passed on, in the, and especially in the black community, that we're not addressing. Like, I thought about this, and I, I can't, I don't want to quote this anymore because I, I don't, I haven't, seen the data on this objectively, but imagine how many people right now in a black community can trace their male ancestry to a white man. I would argue there is a large percentage in the black community that could trace, trace their ancestry, their male lineage in their family to a white guy who raped whatever female ancestor um, that gave birth to them or their family line. There's deep-seated trauma when there when there's that in your in your family, where that's in your DNA. And imagine multiple generations of that in your family. So there there's a lot of genetic 
trauma that's in the communities that we don't talk about and it affects us greatly, especially what goes on with the men. And, you know, obviously, you know, yesterday was Father's Day and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But especially with the men, I feel as though I'm telling you, you can we can throw all the money in the world into the community into the communities. I'm for it. I'm for rebuilding the schools. I'm for helping people, you know, register to vote. I'm I'm for, you know, electing the right officials. I'm for, you know, funding community programs and mental health programs. I'm for it all. But man, if we do not find a way to tangibly provide so- solutions to heal the trauma that's plaguing these communities, these throwing all the money in the world won't solve the problem at hand. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I mean, I we believe that healing in general, you know, for individuals and communities, you know, and specific races, all those things are very important to, to live a, you know, a sensational life. So yeah, I mean, that's that's I hear you, bro. More money, reparations, we know we know what time it is. Some people are gonna act a fool with it, some people gonna actually do well with it. You know, some people wanna just see the government actually, you know, give it out and show that they are apologizing they understand what they did and you know those kind of things so i feel you man i think the generational healing process is very very big because we all need it every day regardless of you know what's going on regardless of the money regardless of the education all those things like you said are very important but healing from the past healing from heartbreak healing from parents healing from generational trauma all those things can help you in the long run because it's all about, like, we know, we always say, you know, does money make you happy? We don't know. You know, some of us ain't got money and have a great life. Some of us have money and they are depressed. But I do know if you are healed and you are healthy, I feel like you are, you are definitely in the right path to be where you want to be in life. So I feel you, bro. Yes, indeed. Let's go ahead and I want to, I want to, um, Talk about something where I feel like wake wake us up a little bit because I feel like these topics are a little dry, if you ask me. Um, remember that tweet that you sent the group, the Stefan group chat. Oh, uh, I have to find it. I, I want to talk about it for a little bit. The <laughs> one you sent, uh, Stefan and I about that woman. Yeah, let me see. Um, bum bum. You heard Beethoven was black. You heard that? <laughs> Mozart was black. <laughs> Beethoven was back. Black. Alexander yeah, the Great was black. Everybody okay, was you black. Me, you remember me from for the treat, the tweet. Yep. All right, and I quote: "Fuck sex." That's that's how I read it, Fees. <laughs> I don't know that was her tone, but that's how I read it. <laughs> Fuck sex. Can you deal with my attitude slash craziness and how I talk when I'm mad? <laughs> laughing emoji, laughing emoji, snorting in the in the tissue emoji. No, that's not the whole thing, was it? Wait, 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 wait. She did comment under the uh thing in my bobber. No, her first point was about not just something about not just about sex. Yeah, I said the second part. Read it again. Fuck sex. Can you deal with my attitude slash craziness and how I talk when I'm mad? And then she rep- it was a reply under 
but I don't know if this is what you're talking about. It's not from the same person. The, the reply under said, struggles of being bipolar, it'd be one thing that sets me off. I make it seem like my whole day ruined when I get sad or mad. Is that what you're talking about, Fees? Nah, I think it was the first part. So maybe I I, I miss, miss, um, looked into it. So, um, like I said, some some a little light. I want I want to talk about the crazy tweet of the week, and it was and it was uh, obviously it's a woman surprise, <laughs> and, and um, and I'm interested into your take. I had a I had an initial take on it, but I have a brand new take, which is interesting. Um, uh, my first thoughts of it, I thought it was funny, mm-hmm. to, but um, I do think that. One, I think the 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 tweet was kind of like satire, kind of a joke in a way, in a sense. But it does to me sometimes, and I feel like um, men probably go through this a lot. That how can I put this? Um, that is, it's sometimes women give us this contract of how they are, and you know, and it doesn't matter if they're happy, if they're sad, if they're angry, if they're frustrated. This is who I am, and this is who you have to accept. So just it, when I'm mad and I talk to you crazy, or if I scream at you, or if I yell at you, or if I disrespect you, you just have to accept that because I'm emotional for whatever reason. If that reason is for what you did and your misbehaviors, or if that reason for what I've been going through with my parents, or when somebody cut me off in traffic, it doesn't matter. That is most attractive to me when I can show all my emotions just raw, you know, and and talk to you or yell at you or explain something to you or or do something crazy and emotional uh, towards you and you accept that. That is most attractive to me. Um, And I thought that is insane (laughs) of a contract for somebody to say like I want like like I want that like I want you to I don't want to compromise for you I don't want to talk to you in in any kind of how I feel is what I'm gonna give you and I want you to accept that but we all know and let's be honest we know what time it is if a man says that or does that to a woman there's no way she's willing to accept that if you think that is not the case you are lying to yourself stop lying to me right now we all know what time it is. So I thought that was an insane tweet because it seems like not all women, but some women, and not all men, and but some men, may seem like they do not want to change. They want to not get better. They just want to talk to you however they want to talk to you or do the things however they want to do to you, and you accept that. That is greater than physical intercourse. Yeah, well, no, what's no, what's funny is that um, I felt very similar, but then I realized something after um, hanging out with Stefan the other day, and I realized that I understood what she was trying to say, and I slightly agree with what she's trying to say. Obviously, like I said, it's satire, a little bit of joke, 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 funny, 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 and even if it's not. There is obviously extremes to any situation where somebody is just extremely unhealthy. They are extremely unhealthy. But here's what I realize about women. No woman is perfect. And women are not men. They're, they're, they're different. 
as much as you know, modern society and post postmodernism wants us to make us make us feel like all the genders are the same. There's no difference between men and women. Women are different. So a man who wants a woman has to deal with the woman as she is, right? The man who wants a woman has to deal with, yo, she's not a man. So all the things you're used to in regards to interacting with men, that's not going to be the case with a woman. If you want a woman and her femininity and her beauty and her sexiness and her curves and her fun and her excitement and her warmth and all that dope stuff that comes with a woman, there are other things you got to deal with because she's not perfect. You know, you might have to deal with her being a little emotional. You might have to deal with her, you know, and her moods and stuff like that and her feelings and her being a little bit more sensitive. You have to deal with some uniquenesses with her being a woman. And what I found out myself is that, you know, like as I started getting into more serious relationships, I didn't understand that if you want a girl, you got to deal with her being a woman and what comes with that. And what I realized is, is that girls do the same thing. Like girls will want a man, but they don't know what comes with being a man because they think being a man is being a woman is the same exact thing going back to the first point about projections and expectations we project our feelings on others because i'm like that you should be like that because i feel this way you should be like that and one of the points we were saying was there was this woman who was like you know she wanted an alpha successful man but she was like i'm a very busy woman and i can't i'm not gonna make time for nobody and i kind of want a man to make time for me and we were like, yo, if you want a real alpha man who's getting after it and who's leading and entrepreneurial and making money and making business move and building his empire, he's not accommodating for nobody. Part of masculinity is his number one priority is his mission and purpose. He's not accommodating to anybody. That's part, about, that's part of him being a man. So if you want a man, you got to deal with the things that come with manhood. And a real man is on his purpose, on his direction, on his grind, on his goals. And he's going on the path that God has set him on. He's not accommodating for anybody. He's not. If you don't like that, hey, guess what? If, if that's what you want in a man, that's what you got to deal with. So what I realized was that both genders, male and females, we're not able to fully understand what it comes, what comes with having a feminine woman and what comes with a woman wanting a masculine man. And I feel as though that's why too much, a lot of people are upset because we project ourselves onto other people, right? And so I, I definitely do feel you where it's like, yo, a guy could never do that kind of stuff. But my argument would be outside of the unhealthy extremes, that's part of being a woman is the moods, the emotions, and the things that as a man you got to deal with. But on the same side, there's things that uh, a man does that a woman got to deal with. And she won't deal with it. It's just those are things that's part of about being a man. And I feel as though that's something that I realized and I kind of understand what she was trying to say. Mm. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Uh, I hear what you're saying. And then this, I always go back to intent. I mean, it's one thing. We, I mean, we know that what comes with women. You know, we know that, you know, they're probably, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but they're probably a little bit more emotional, a little bit more sensitive, things like that. Like, we, we know that. 
but we cannot compare to like the alpha male, you know, job to, you know, a woman saying like, I'm going to act the way I act and you just have to deal with it. Yeah, no, that's what I was saying. What I'm saying is that I, the unhealthy extreme is either satire or she's unhealthy, right? But what I'm saying is there's a part of a woman that knows that her emotions, her emotions are not fully in her control. And I'm not sure how much you've you've dealt with this. I've dealt with this a lot. Like, I remember, I remember like a, a girl once told me, like, when I'm mad, I don't need for you to be mad, because if you're mad, I'll make me even more mad. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah. And you know what's funny about that is, that's what she's describing. A woman wants a man who's not moved emotionally the way she is. You know what I mean? She is feminine. She's feminine energy. She's a painting. She wants a canvas. She wants a canvas that's not moved by the, the by the the, the 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 chaos of the painting. And so what I've realized is that that's kind of what they're asking for. They want the man to not be moved by their womanhood, which sometimes is out of their control. Does that make sense? No, I think what you're saying is makes sense. And I think where where it's probably where a disconnect is, because Twitter usually does this a lot. They'll say, like, bump this, and, you know, I'd rather have this and be something completely off the wall. So mm-hmm. if you know anything about Twitter, this is something that has been happening, you know, in the past or what people have been saying, these kind of tweets. So obviously we take the, the crazy, most toxic thing possible, then, yeah, this, like nobody's going to deal with that. But, yeah. Obviously, if you have a, if you are a couple and you are, you know, trying to get to know each other, then yeah, you should know how to deal with her when she's angry and vice versa. Like everybody gets angry, everybody gets to their breaking point, you know, emotional, all those things. Nobody's disregarding that. But I do have an issue with if I know that something specifically I'm telling you about that you just like continue to ignore. Or like your intent, like you just don't care. This is who I am, and you're not trying to do better. To me, that be that that don't that don't work for me. Yes, yeah, character flaw. Exactly. So it's one thing to just you know say like this is who I am, and you have to accept this. Well, actually, no, motherfucker, I don't. <laughs> I don't have to accept this. So yeah. that and, and and but I hear you, obviously that you have to deal with some form of, of sensitivity or some form of emotional swings if you're a man or some form of attitude, like when she upset about something. Nobody's denying that or disregarding that. But craziness and yeah. attitude just whenever, like, because you have a bad day or because you didn't get what you want or you didn't like yeah, what yeah, you yeah, heard yeah, yeah. from. Ex- yeah, that's, that is character issue. That is not self-control. That's not self-awareness. That's a lot of things that, that I can say what's wrong with that. So, you know, you can't be like that all the time because you didn't get what you want. That's to me, that's how I read it. And that's how usually Twitter kind of points it towards. It's like, fuck whatever y'all talking about, but the most toxic thing that I could be I want you to accept that that's how yeah. I know it's real yeah. you know can you handle me yelling at you or can you handle me uh, getting danced on by multiple girls and you be okay with it all right yeah. can you handle all those things like that's yeah. that's what Twitter sometimes does like bump this the most toxic thing I want out of this person 
And then boom. And then sometimes they do the op- opposite. You know, uh, fuck sex. Like, can you understand me emotionally? Like, yeah, that's that's yeah, you know what? That's that's good. That's good yeah. to do. You know, so they so Twitter does that sometimes, but I, I hear you, bro. Like, I'm yeah. not I'm not saying that, you know, no we know you have to deal with something. Yeah. You know, like we we understand that and we get that. And we, as men, we know we have to build our women up and understand them and love on them and encourage them. And, you know, they got to do vice versa. We, I get that, brother. But yeah, one, of the, one of the biggest things, like I said, that I'm realizing is that, man, a lot of people, you know, every, I don't know if people know this about me. On social media, I follow nobody besides my friends. And it was funny. I always get a girl who messages me and asks me to follow her, and I always tell them no. <laughs> Yeah, because because the the thing you talking about the expect the expectation they expect you to follow them or they expect you to understand them they expect you to deal with their emotions like I, I they're portraying those things and when it doesn't happen it creates a lot of toxicity and you know no what a are you talking about oh that's what you're not saying you're not saying that at all no I said I said I get I get a bunch of girls who ask me to follow them on social media and I say no oh but what was your over point point in my point, my point of that is because one of my main things is I guard whose voice, whose pictures, whose ideas, whose stories, whose messages come in my brain. Oh, okay. Like, I guard it. Like, a lot of people don't realize that I guard what comes into my mind. A lot of people don't. They just hear every stupid idiot on the news and on social media be able to talk to them. Like, back in the day, idiots couldn't talk. Cause if you, cause for you to talk, you have to have some kind of, like, well thought out idea. You need to be in a magazine, a newspaper, in a scholarly journal, get published by a publisher company. Stupid ideas couldn't get out into the world because nobody had time for them. You have to be on a TV show. You had a network. When we deconstructed all those things, now all these idiots got a platform and a voice to say whatever's on their minds. And so to me, it's like you got to be careful in this in this social media world, uh, men and women about what's going into your head. Because a lot of people are just letting all these fools... Like, it, it blows my mind how people know... I'm not trying to disrespect anybody here, how you can follow a thousand people. It blows my mind. I'm not disrespecting... I know, I know a lot of my friends do it. But I'm like, why would you want to see a thousand people's lives? Why would you want to see that? Like, there's so much, so much garbage that there's not, there's, there's not enough... Unless you're following a thousand all pure positive accounts. I think human beings don't take into consideration how much what you follow affects your mind and affects your judgment and affects your thought process. So what I realized about places like Twitter is Twitter is just straight toxicity. Like the dumbest, stupidest thoughts in people's brains come out into Twitter. And now those thoughts enter your brain. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. It's like, now I'm taking a whole different direction with this. (laughs) A lot of my friends send me stupid stuff that I would have never heard before if it wasn't for them being on social media. Like, I have a friend who's always going into the Shade Room's comments and telling me what they're saying. I don't follow the Shade Room for that reason. I don't want that toxicity in my in my brain, in, anywhere near me. So I feel as though, like, this goes goes back to everything. We have all this unhealthy content that we're consuming that, that's beginning to shape us. And now it's just like a culture of toxicity and, and all these ideas, especially the crazy ones, get the most attention. 
And that's one of the things that, you know, have been bothering me a lot is that I'm seeing all these people who have all these stupid things to say and they get attention. L listen, listen, guys. Only reason I go through the YouTube comments is because I'm trying to show love and support to those who support us. The moment I don't have to go to the comments anymore, best believe I would never go on social media ever again. I would never use it. The moment, the moment we can get somebody to post for us, I will never use social media ever again. Because to me, it's like there's just so much negativity. And obviously, there's good things. And I'm not denying there's pros and cons. But there's so many ideas that are infiltrating people's minds that don't need to be there. And we're acting like social media, we're acting like everyone's mentally responsible to be able to take in all these ideas. So even tying this back into the first point, we're talking about the movement and why it's so divided. You know why it's so divided? Because everybody on social media has an idea. Everybody on social media has a platform. They have a direction. They have their thoughts. They have their feelings. They have their opinions. Everybody has all this nonsense going out. I want you to do this. No, you guys got to do this. No, do, no, do this. You got to be that. It's all these unhealthy ideas going out into the world that's confusing people. That's why people are so lost and, and don't know where to go. You done? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I feel you, man. I feel you. Like, that's very, very important, man. Very, 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 very important is... Because, you know, we had a conversation about some of the people I was following, and they were even positive people towards the community, but it was causing me so much bitter, you know, uh, so much envy. And I was like, you know what, brother? I can't follow them no more. You know, I'm, I'm questioning God. I'm questioning myself. I don't need this anymore. So, yeah, I do understand you. I do feel you, and you are right. It is a lot of negativity out there. It's a lot of garbage out there. But also, if you use it correctly, uh, Twitter is very funny, Hafiz. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, but you sometimes know, my my belief is that I think as human beings we miss un, we underestimate what goes into our minds, and what I mean by that is like I won't mention this person's name, but there was somebody that you were around, and I remember when I first you were first around this guy, you used to tell me how funny he was, and then year two, it was how negative he was. You know what I'm talking about? Year two. Oh, yes. yeah, that mother... I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that's more in person. Than, but online, he like that too. But I feel you. I understand. Go ahead, go ahead. You know what I mean? So what I'm saying is that that's how it is. It's like certain ideas initially, we don't know how it affects us. Oh, it's funny. Ha, ha, ha. But a lot of times, the funniness is just negativity and the ranting. And eventually, over periods of time, man, that mug starts affecting your brain. Yeah, no, I feel you, brother, because I was getting personally affected by being around that person and being around um, different kind of people. And I understood where I was like, dang, I am more angrier, you know, but that was more in person. You know, obviously, people got to use wisdom. They got to use discernment and see if things, if your boss, if social media, if your parents, if your spouse, whatever, are effectively, effectively in a negatively unhealthy way. You know, we all have to use wisdom and discernment in every relationship, no matter what it is online or offline so i feel you like i was definitely affected by that and i definitely removed myself you know because negativity you know can cause a lot of issues a lot of things so you're right man I, it's not just online it's not just twitter it's not just instagram it's what people if it's the people they put in their lives you know it's the people that they go home to it's the people they go to work with 
You know, and the people that they feel like they have to be with this person, they're stuck with, and but it's it, they're just weighing them down, and they're not yeah. happy. You know, and that and that is that's sad to me because yeah, I use Twitter, yeah, I go on Instagram, but I know certain things don't have as much as affected me if a person that is in my life every single day. Like I know if I have the people I surround myself with every single day. If I, they affect me positively, that's what I really I lean on. The person I'm talking to, if she, you know what I mean, have nothing but positive things to say about me, all these different things, and I am feel good and joy and peace and supportive from her, then yeah, I'm going to stay with her. You know, like all, and even the community and, and the work of, you know, if I have a full-time job, you know, what is the culture like at work? Are, are these negative? Are they, are they always uh, un- upset or you know they always complain about Trump or whatever it's like I don't want to be around people that complain all the time fees I don't want to yeah. do it yeah you know so whatever affects people the most if you know you're online the most and you upset because X Y and Z and all you hear and all the stuff you intake and all the garbage and all those things affect your everyday life then get your ass off Facebook Duh. you know what I mean Facebook is even worse it's even more politicized that's what I'm saying People like, man, I, I I understand. Like, I I talk to my sister. I told my sister, you gotta take a break from social media. Yeah. If it's affecting you like that, get off of it. I, yeah. I all the time, I, I, man, brother. If I wasn't enjoying the finer things in life, and I had to just always go on social media and see all the Black Lives Matter and all the protests and all the police brutality, all the killings and all those things all the time, then yes, yeah. you know what, fees, yeah, c- call me because I am not feeling good. I'm yeah. not doing well. But yeah. thank God for the finer things in life because... Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. So that's the thing, man. Like, I really feel like people have to definitely, like, pay attention to what they're consuming and make sure it's not controlling their lives and their emotions and their health every single day. I yeah. feel you, brother. So so my brain is starting to warm up, and now I'm starting the, the, the cloud of haze that was surrounding my mind. I may have to cut, like, the first half of the episode... And, oh and make my this, God! And make and make this episode because the cloud of haze is now filtered, you know, being clear, and I can see clearly now. The rain is gone, and <laughs> and I remember what I want to talk to you about. So you asked me initially, what can be done to the black community for the black community to fight racism? The first thing I said is look for organizations that are combating police brutality, and be able to pour money and resources that you might have into funding these organizations that are tangibly funding fighting police brutality. And like I said, look for specific organizations that are fighting police brutality. But the second point that I really believe is we have to build up the black man. We have to build them up. We have to build them up. We have to build them up. And here's one of the reasons I thought about something. We spend so much money and energy into building up black women. And there's nothing wrong about it. I'm not mad at it one bit. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want a single penny to be taken away from black women. Give them all the nickels, dimes, and the quarters. Give them all, give them, give them all, give it all. But let's just also put money into helping the black guys. I see all kinds of, what blows my mind is we have all these programs to teach black girls how to, how to learn STEM and code but you think black men are coding? You know what I mean? Like acting like black men are like in, in Microsoft and working for Apple, you know, coding and doing HTML and C++ and JavaScript. Black men ain't coding crap. So, you know what I mean? So what I realized is we're not providing enough resources to help 
support and uplift the black men. And one thing that I saw is that on on if you ever watch TV, know what TV tries to do? It tries to show women in non-traditional positions in the hopes of inspiring a woman to enter in that position. Let me give you an example. If you ever watch commercials like a Chevron commercial or engineering commercial, you will see a lot of female engineers. If you ever watch a, a coding commercial or a, a, a IT commercial, a lot of females in there. And why are they trying to do this, Chris? Because they're trying to inspire women. They're trying to show women, hey, you guys can do this too. Hey, you can, you can be this way too. It doesn't matter that most women don't want to have those careers. It doesn't matter that most women are not in these areas. And it's not an accurate representation of what the industry looks like today. But they're trying to project images to inspire, to encourage, to, to push women into this direction. Right? What mm -hmm. bothers me is that when it comes to fatherhood, I'm going to tie this back into the fatherhood conversation. When it comes to fatherhood, we don't show enough black fathers on TV. We don't show enough black fathers on the media. We don't show enough messages of inspiration and encouraging young men to see it, even if it's not real, even if it's not a reality today. Like I said, if you look at certain STEM commercials, it's most of the time it's 50% women, even though that's not the STEM community today. But they're doing those things to inspire, to show people what it can be. So my biggest thing when it comes to fatherhood, we need to show more black fathers in the media. We need to show more black fathers in society. We need to show more black fathers in the world. We need to show more of these things to be able to inspire and encourage people to realize that, yo, this fatherhood is a great thing. Fatherhood is possible. Fatherhood is something that men can aspire to and look at. But we don't do enough in the media. We always want to show the worst. Oh, the deadbeats, the dudes ain't doing the right thing. But we're not encouraging and pointing to the healthy fathers who are doing dope things in the community and showing people what can be done. So that's my, that's my nice take. I'm going to get to my nasty take next. And I, but I want you to comment on the nice take. Oh, man. I'm going to feast. <laughs> That man said, that's my nice take. But, yeah, I, w I was just thinking of, like, you know, different, um, you know, fathers in the media that, you know, are portrayed really well. And I feel like back in the, the 80s and 90s, there were a lot of shows that had fathers. But the first thing that popped up in my head was The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And even what J. Cole said that, you know, rest in peace, Uncle Phil, you know, that's the only father that I had for real, whatever the, the bar was. But, um, no, he was, that was the only father I ever knew. Yeah, so that's that's something that's really uh I feel like is is really lacking because I'm thinking I'm like what are the shows out there that you know are you know really big enough fathers like that and even what you said in the past episode that stuck with me that if they are showing a, a father or even a black father then they usually make him like the goofy one so I'm mm -hmm. thinking like uh, in blackish you know that was the closest thing that I can think of right now. And I've seen some episode of Blackish, but I know Anthony Anderson is a comedian, so I'm pretty sure he's very funny on there. And, you know, he's probably not the most serious like a Uncle Phil uh, was to Will Smith and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So, yeah, I mean, I think the media, uh, you know, Hollywood 
really don't portray the black father as much as they should, even in commercials and things like that. So yeah, I, I feel like even with um, we can tie it back to the leaderless society. If if there's no really black leaders or you know male leaders in our society that doesn't you know freaking rap or you know does anything with the ball, then yeah, it's gonna be really tough to follow somebody. You know, and and that's it's 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 crazy to me, man. I feel like that's why we understand that one of the biggest change that we can create in the world, as as far as the roommates platform and brand, is that you know we go after these these young men that are gonna be great fathers and husbands because they're gonna raise kids up, you know, to be you know healthy and whole and have good character, and that's the best way we can create change and impact in this world. It's going after these fathers to create healthy families and create healthy children. So. I just wish the world would see that as well. But, you know, it's always about entertainment. It's all about money. It's always about the bottom line. And then even with the support, like you said, like all these programs, the educational programs, the STEM programs, I do feel like a lot of, you know, young black men, they get support in after-school activities, but it's usually just sports. Sponsoring AAU teams, sponsoring track teams, you know, sponsoring, you know, different high school teams all for free, you know, Nike, Duke, and all these places going after these male athletes, you know, I know they get a lot of benefits in that regard. You know, it's not so much of, you know, this, the math, the science, you know, the healthcare industry, you know, the four-year degree plans, you know, they're out there, but they're not as in the masses or as publicized as, you know, the sports or even creatively. I feel like it might be some better funding creatively, but I know sports is definitely reigning over the black young male, um, you know, as far as funding goes. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel you. And, I, and I'm, I'm not only intrigued, but I feel like the roommate's audience is also intrigued, Fees. Please give us the non-nice take. So this is... Another Hafiz exclusive spicy, spice, spice, spice. If you are not mature enough, let me tell you something for everyone watching this on Instagram. Wait, 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 wait. Real, real quick. Real quick. <laughs> Please give Hafiz the full screen right now. For everybody watching this video on Instagram, I am not responding to the Instagram comments. I'm on YouTube. Come see me on YouTube if you want to talk to me. Chris is on Instagram. This is my spicy, spice, spice, spice take. If you are not mature, watch another video. If you cannot handle complex ideas, watch another video. If you're not used to me ranting, watch another video because I'm going to trigger you. I'm going to make you upset. You're going to get frustrated. Like I said, if you are going to comment on Instagram, I will not see your comment. I will not read your comment. I will not respond to your comment because your comment does not exist because I only exist on the YouTube sphere. So, let's go ahead and jump right into my spicy take. I personally believe one of the best ways to help the black community is to give the black father custody of his sons. I personally believe we need to, we need to, we need to be strategic about how we're going to build up the communities. And we need to give clarification. Able, willing, and competent black fathers the custody of their sons. I think we, if we're trying to dismantle quote-unquote gender roles and gender expectations and move into a postmodern society, let's go ahead and dismantle. I'm going to join you intersectional feminists on that battle, and let's go ahead and, and dismantle this idea that the child always needs to be with the woman. 
And let's add my new idea where the, where the sons, the black father should be raising his sons if he's willing, if he's able, and he's competent for raising his sons. If And that's my opinion. And I feel as though in, in my dream world, I will have a fund where I will help all black fathers win custody over their children in all custody battles. If he's, like I said, if he's, a, if he's willing, he's able, he's competent. I'm not talking about the, the, the idiots in the comments are going to be like, well, my baby daddy's abusive. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about your abusive baby daddy. I'm saying for the good guys who are willing, able, and competent, I want them to have custody of their children, all of them, every single black father. I want them to have custody. I want the woman to see the child on weekends, you know, but I want the, the, the primary custody of every single black young boy to be with his father if his father is able, if his father is willing, and if his father is competent. <laughs> I, honestly was, I honestly was expecting something a lot worse than that, honestly. Oh, um, and, and and I I was gonna let you talk, and then I was gonna add my last point. No, go ahead and add the last point. And the last point is also no child support if you can't afford it, and he wants it. No child support. No more child support. If you can't afford the child, and the man wants the child, you do not get child support because you can't afford it. If you can't afford it, you don't get the baby. Give it to the person who can afford it. And let me tell you why. There's two lesbian women, and they adopted a child. So the child is both of, their custody, both of theirs. One woman can finance, and, they, and eventually they break up, and they're about to get a divorce, and they're fighting for custody. One woman can financially provide for the child and take care of the child. The other woman cannot financially take care of the child and needs support from the other partner. Who do we give the child to? Logically speaking, we give it to the one who can financially take care of the child. So to me, I'm all for removing child support. If you guys don't want to follow my rule and giving custody to all the willing, able, able and competent fathers, I also believe we need to simultaneously, if you want the kid, you get no child support. If you can't afford it, no child support for you, nada, zilch. Because if you want it, you should be able to afford it. If you're, if you're a man and you want, same with the guy. The guys who who are single fathers, most of them, most of them don't type in the comments an exception to the rule. Most of them are not taking child support. They're taking care of the children on their own. They're not asking the woman for anything. So that's my belief in. That's another way of building the black community. We need to build the black fathers up, and we need to push, 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 push all young black boys into the arms of their loving, able, willing, and competent fathers. <laughs> hey, so it was funny because I think on the same Dave Chappelle special of Sticks and Stones, I want to say his joke was, you know, I... If if the woman has the right to abort the child and I have no say so, then I should have the right <laughs> to not pay child support if I don't say so. 
And then he said, it's my money, my choice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, Dave Chappelle. Hi, David. uh, Hi, David. (laughs) 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 But (laughs) it's been stupid. Man, oh, man. Now, you open up a can of worms. Women are not going to like that at all. At all. I'm worried. See, the thing about it is a lot of these girls are selfish, in my opinion. If you want what's best for the child, the child needs his father more than he needs you. We all know that. The men, the boys need their fathers. If the father is able, willing, and competent, that's who they need the most. The woman is being selfish because she just wants it because she wants a companionship. Oh, it's my baby. It's not about it being your baby. What's best for the kid? What's best for every young black boy is they need their father to lead them into healthy masculinity and healthy manhood. Just because it doesn't work with you doesn't mean that the child doesn't need to be in the father's primary custody, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, whoo! I mean, I, 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 I agree with you. I do think, I mean, shoot, men raising other men is what's best. I agree. Because even it's something has to be done about the whole, you know, child support, custody battle system anyway. Because to me, you really can't be a father that much. And I don't, I have, I, I, we both have two parents households. So we don't know exactly what they're going through as far as single parent household. And then the father or the mother, whatever it is. But most likely the father, you know, only seeing them on weekends um, with, you know, supervision, you know, only for a few hours. I don't know how much effective that is onto a little boy, I don't think it would be as effective if he permanently lives with his father. You know, especially, because like you said, the thought of, and this, I mean, women gonna kill us, you know, is is my is my care. body, I birthed it, you know, all those different things. Um, to, like you said, to me, if we're asking what's best for the child, it's, it's gonna be That's hard what it's to about. prove that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 gonna be hard to prove in court because the court is not made for a man in that in that system in that regard. We know that. We know that. We know that. Like the, the what you have to prove is only one person I know that actually won against a woman that won custody battle, and I don't. And he does. I don't. Nah, she doesn't pay him child support, but actually won custody battle. And that was Matt Barnes. No, a lot of I, I, I was doing some research. A lot of athletes win because they just have more money. Dion won well, custody see, I, battle too. I didn't a know. A lot that. of the male athletes win because they have enough money to beat the women in court. Exactly, because they're probably not making any. So what? You know, exactly. they're not, yeah, they're probably not making any. So yeah, it's, if we're looking to more realistic, if a woman has a job making fifty and a guy has a job making eighty, the woman's still gonna win because it's the mother. You know, and that's yeah, that's the sad case. It's ridiculous because yeah, it's I mean, about it's, the future of the community, man. That's what it's about. It's about the future of our community. It's, the women are not going to raise the kids. We've already seen what's happened the past 50 years. It's not working. Yeah, they're not going to like that statement. doesn't matter if they don't like it or not. It's the truth. We need to... I mean, it's, I, about the, it's about the benefit of the community right now. This yeah, is I dire feel, times. I, I mean, I, 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 will, I will go to the side of where, like, I will want men raising men. Like, I really would want that. I think that would be a really especially healthy able, financially good men raising another good man, I cannot not support that. Like, I cannot yeah. do that. You know, so 
Um, I hear you on that statement, and I feel like we talked about this in the past, but actually, obviously, it's been a very long time. I want to say like 2017 when we talked about this. And then, um, yeah, you're not going to win with no child support thing. They're going to get child support. Yeah, and and, and goodness gracious, I, I just lost my point I was going to bring up about the situation. What was I going to say? Yeah, um, there, yeah there, there's no way they going to... That's going to pass where it's like you want custody of the kid or the son, then you also have to financially support them. You that know, makes there's no just sense. No way. If, it's if, not if, happening. If, my thing is that the man says, I want to support the child. I have a home. I have a bed. I have food. I have stability. I have all these things. I don't need nothing, and the child will be okay here. You're saying he won't be okay unless I have some of your money. I'm like, yo. Yeah. Yeah, I hear Something's you. off here. Like I said, if these were two lesbians, if these were two lesbians, you would naturally gravitate towards the one who's financially stable. But because it's a man, now we're going to have gender biases. And that was my point. My point is that the branding for black fathers has been corroded by the media and by a lot of bitter black women. And I hate to shame women, because not about shaming women, but it's the reality of the matter. According to the um, most studies or the most accurate studies, out of every single father, black fathers are more present in the, in the lives of their children whom they're not married to the mothers. So in single parent relationships, black fathers are the most present in their kids' life. A couple studies talked about that. So when we talk about the idea of the deadbeat father in the black community, I believe it's a lie. I believe that's media propaganda and propaganda from a lot of bitter, miserable women. Black men are there, but we don't talk about the women who hold their kids hostage. We don't talk about the women who will speak down, down upon the fathers and, and make sure that the kid has a bad idea of the fathers. We don't talk about the women who tell the guy, if you won't marry me, you can't have your kid. If you won't be with me, you'll never see your kid again. We don't talk about all these things. There's a lot of things going on. And so we, so in our media and our projection, we think black dads deadbeats. Yeah. We think black dads, oh, they don't want to be there. That's a lie. That is a lie. And I hate that lie. And so I really believe that if we're going to build up the community, we need to be building up the men. And the number one way to build up the men is to let the other black men in every single community, we're, we're, this is the West, Af black Americans are West Africans. If you trace your roots back to the, the history of West African culture, all manhood ceremonies were initiated by men. Men were leading young boys into manhood. That's the way it works. Now we have women trying to do the job and wondering why the boys are all the way messed up. We wonder why... Black women have all these degrees and black men have no degrees. Black women have all these jobs and black men don't got no jobs. We worry about why um, a lot of these um, women are financially stable and doing well and the men are not. Come on, man. We need to, if we're going to solve the problem of the, of the black communities, we need to be pouring resources and energy into the men and, and the fathers. And helping the, and allowing these fathers to raise their children. Because I honestly have nothing to say besides that point. That that point you made, the rant you said, I agree with everything. You know, we definitely need to make a change. I really, really, really want fathers to definitely step up, raise these sons, these men up, because you know that's to me 
is will we'll create a healthy family and healthy society, especially in our own black community. Yes, yes, yes. And if you're offended, welcome to the roommates. <laughs> and so, guys, <laughs> yeah. we can go ahead and wrap it up. Chris's battery's dying. We've been all over all over the place. So hopefully, you guys can get some good content. Thank you so much for your support. Check out the videos. Chris's videos come out on Wednesdays. Mine come out on Thursday. Continue to share the dope content. Love to continue more of this conversation for everybody on Patreon and in the YouTube comments. My name is Afiz. Chris the star of the show, baby. We are the roommates and we're out of here.